Well, thank you. Thank you so much for... <laughs> Got some funky jams from Jim Lang leading us in. Welcome to Hey Arnold Hey. This is Corey Vaughn. With me today is Adam Samaha, as usual. Um, this is our uh, our fourth episode. Um, we are, you know, still figuring this out, and we hope you have enjoyed um, going through Hey Arnold Hey Arnold with us. Um, today we're looking at sixth grade girls and the baseball. Um, some advice we. We've said it before, but what would be uh, rad is watching the episodes first and then listening to our podcast um, or listening to the episodes that we're going to talk about and then listening to that particular podcast. Um, yeah, a couple other quick notes. We we are online. You can find us at heyarnoldhey.com. Uh, am I forgetting anything else that I should be saying here right now? No, but I need to make a correction from last uh, episode. Please um, go ahead. Last episode, I said that I might be Jewish, and I'm not Jewish at all. I'm a beautiful mix of Lebanese and Portuguese and Irish. Did you say might because you weren't sure? Well, no. It, it, there is a weren't sure there. I may actually be Jewish. Yeah, but, but you're realizing that it's... Familial, familially, but I'm not actually practicing, and I never have. Okay. Probably won't either. No that's, offense. That's disappointing. It is. Disappointing that be, you... To clear the Said air before. It, thought about it all week and then decided <laughs> to talk about it. I wouldn't have even remembered. I wonder if anyone even These are touchy times between the United States and Israel. We need to be very clear about what we say. It's great when we can make a Harold podcast political. So thank you <laughs> I for try whenever I can. Yeah, every time. <laughs> Let's see how it brings in this time. I'm ready. Um yeah. Okay, yeah. So those are the things we really wanted to talk to you about. The thing that Adam just said. <laughs> And then, um, yeah, just w- watch the episodes first. You can find it on um, Hulu and Hulu Plus. And I'm actually going to check. I heard it was on Netflix, and I'm going to look. Um, maybe at some point today, I'm going to look on while, Netflix. While you look, I will yes. give the listeners a peek behind the curtain. Do you think? Oh, yeah, please give us a give us a peek. So the format here is you should definitely watch the episode and listen to us. But also, Corey and I sort of talk about what we're going to talk about on the podcast. But we have a lot of things that we don't expose one another to, so there's a lot of uh, genuine natural reactions to things. Yeah, it, we, we'll like it keep each spontaneous. Other, we'll like give each other a taste, like well, some pretty good stuff about masculinity, and then yeah. that'll be it. Like just drop in a bucket, you know? Yeah. So it keeps it interesting for us, and hopefully for you guys. And which basically means that we're not preparing at all. Just kidding. We are preparing a lot. We prepare fifty uh, percent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We prepare as much as we can. Um, yeah. I don't know why I just... I typed in Netflix into the Netflix. Oh, my oh, gosh. The, the interactive oh, Netflix Oh, no. Website. Let's see. Who watched it on... Someone told me they watched it on Netflix the other day. It may have been on at some point and then taken off because Netflix does that because Netflix is horrible. Oh. No, it's wonderful. But it's wonderful. Please put the back on. on. Okay. Um, so yeah, look on Hulu Plus, maybe Amazon, I don't know. But Hulu Plus definitely, we promise. Uh, one other thing about um, the website too, I am kind of doing a side project. Well, alongside of the podcast, I'm also 
trying to write some like more um, academic type um, blog posts that kind of pair with uh, pair with each episode. Um, so like the episode about um, the little pink book, I have a, I kind of go into more detail about my thoughts on structuralism and post-structuralism in that episode. Um, and so if you're interested in what we're talking about on the podcast, sometimes I don't know how often, but sometimes I'll have a more detailed conversation in a written educated form instead of us just dropping things like, I feel like it's easy in this, in this, in this podcast format to just say a thing like, maybe it's this moving on. Like it's easy to kind of not think about what we're talking about. And so I'm trying to do a good job both to be conversational here on the podcast, but also a little more specific when I'm writing. So if you don't like the tone of our voice or you don't like how often we say like, or, um, you can yeah. read Corey's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it, there's still a lot of like, it's conversational. <laughs> this is like a great paper. You should read it. Okay. So those are some BTS, BTS living here. Um, Let's uh, let's move into sixth grade girls. Sixth grade girls, <clears throat> which is kind of the first episode that I was like, "Oh, what am I going to talk about?" Because it it doesn't stand out to me. It's a good episode. It's funny. I laugh out loud a few times, um, but it's not the kind of episode where I'm like, "This is loaded with a lot of deep material." It it I had to think about it a bit. I don't know if you felt the same way. Yeah, it's not obviously interesting. It, it's there. It is there, and I think you. Dropped a hint earlier. It is, I think, about masculinity, what makes things cool. And then I sort of saw, like, maybe comparing it to how society is now, but there's that, like, cougar culture where young men are attracted to older women and older women are attracted to young men. And I think that they sort of unintentionally touch on that in this. Yeah. And we'll go into that a little bit later. At least I will go into that yeah, a little later. Yeah, I can tell. You're already you're prepping. <laughs> I'm, ex- I'm very excited for Yeah, why are you, what are you looking at on the internet? Is that you're looking at some, like... Like what is a cougar? Okay, yeah. all right. No, good. I know what a cougar is. Good. Foxfire in um, I think it's Fire. Norma Linda. It's a restaurant that is serves that community, the cougar community. It's a sure thing that you will catch a cougar if you go in there. That is the weirdest thing I've ever heard in my life. But yeah, Sunset Magazine or one of those Orange County specific magazines, they put that's a place to go if you want to pick up older women or if you're an older woman looking for a younger man. Okay. Not not just political, but pushing the envelope here at Harold Hay. <laughs> yeah. <It's good. laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm promoting well, cougarism. Well, yeah. Well, and I'm also creating that phrase. Cougarism. Cougarism. Yeah. Um, so this episode, a quick, uh, rundown of what happens. Um, Arnold and Gerald are like swimming at the community pool and they've got their eye on a cup of, a couple of hot chicas, older ladies, older ladies. And actually, I think Gerald says that one at one point he goes, Arnold, they're older women, like which they're sixth grade girls. Yeah, Arnold and Gerald are in fourth grade. So um, they are older women. They are, I, but they're yeah. not women. They're girls. Older girls. Yeah, they're older girls. They're older children. Yeah. Um, and and these two sixth grade girls, they're kind of uh like making fun of their boyfriends or their pseudo the boyfriends. boyfriends. Are doofuses. Yeah, they're they they call them what do they call them? The goof? No, no, the young stupido. They call them stupid a lot because they are acting really stupid. Yeah, they're like fighting with each other on the high dive, which is so dangerous. They're like on the high dive at the pool, punching each other, ignoring their girlfriends too. Well, and except when they go, "Hey, come over here," yeah. which is like such a 
it feels very New York. And I don't, they never say that this is New York City. There's like some hints that it might be, but there's it, a it's lo- got to be like an East Coast thing because she seems to be Cuban. And but like, and, and the other girl seems to be like from Brooklyn. Yeah, and then the guys are acting like, yeah, like like they belong New in Jersey subway or something. Yeah, yeah, New York City esque. Anyway, so they um, there are these like you know two pair, three pairs of people: the doofus boyfriends, these two like sixth grade girls that are a little bit alluring, and then Arnold and Gerald who are Very fourth alluring. grade goofs. Um, and they the two girls call over Arnold and Gerald and basically like say, hey, do you want to go to a dance with us? And you find out they're basically trying to make their boyfriends jealous. That's what they're trying to do. That's exactly what they're trying to do at the expense of poor Arnold and Gerald. Gerald. Yeah. And they, so Gerald and Arnold go home and they start like prepping, like how they're going to woo these women. So Gerald brings a, a, like a case of his dad's seventies gear um, and says, this is what it means. This is what we got to do. This is it right here. This is how we're going to like get these women to kiss us. Mm-hmm. And, Arnold at first is, you know, kind of hesitant um, and then uh, says, yes, we're going to do it. And so they're all in and they show up to their the girl's house dressed up like 70s uh, disco, disco dance. Yeah, yeah. Disco dudes. Disco stews. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and and the rest of it is them just kind of trying to figure out what it means to go on a date with these girls at a dance and they like kind of rock dancing and they are feeling good, getting some like confidence. Mm-hmm. And then they get into, they actually get into a fight with the two, with the two boyfriends. Well, not even a fight. The boyfriends just put them in a headlock basically. And mm-hmm. they can't move because they're tiny shrimpy dudes. Um, and, and then the reveal is that the girls say, we actually, we kind of led you on and we like you fine, but we're not going to like, this isn't going to go anywhere. But the two boys get the kiss anyways. They do get the kiss anyways. So the moral of the story is doesn't matter. You're always going to get a kiss <laughs> on the cheek by two cute babes. Yeah. Um, it's all good if you get that kiss. Yeah. So, and, and then and then the two girlfriends go back to their crummy boyfriends, which there's like, the, the most loaded part of both of these episodes are in the last four minutes where there's a lot of like important dialogue that's happening and some like really interesting character development and things that are being said about society. Whereas like most of the, each of these episodes are just like how they get to that point. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the gist of sixth grade girls. Um, yeah. So uh, is there something you want to start? I mean, we could, so yeah, I'll start with something you just spoke about a moment ago, um, which is sort of, well, there's a few things. I think it's interesting that the thing that gets the girls to like initially like, Uh, the two boys, is that they seem innocent and they seem genuine and they're more interested in having fun than sort of beating up on each other and doing those sorts of things that boys who are a little bit older do, a little bit more aggressive and... Yeah, they're not... Arnold and Gerald aren't aggressive at all. They're kind of fumbling on their words and... Yeah. And yeah, they're just adorable in the girl's eyes. And um, also when they enter the situation where they're at the dance with the girls, what makes them loved by everybody at the dance is that they're not afraid to dance like fools. Like yeah. they do this funny disco style dancing or 70 style dancing and um, everybody loves it and the crowd goes crazy for them and it makes the two older boyfriends even more upset and jealous. Um, yeah. But it's the same thing of they, since they actually are innocent and they are goofy, there is an attraction to that both by regular people like the people that are at the dance that don't actually know them and then by the girls who actually think that they're cute but just that they're too young for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting to see like the, 
the the difference is well, but at the same time, Arnold and Gerald are they are trying to be cool though. They are trying to be cool later on, but it comes they're already so dorky that it just yeah, adds yeah, that yeah. dorky allure. Yeah. It's not like they're trying to be cool and in putting them in trying to be cool, they're putting the girls down. They're actually mm, saying they're calling yeah. them foxy mamas and they're trying to like they're actually building them up and making them feel sexy and feel yeah. attractive. Oh, they're 11 years old. Let's, let's show them the sexy. Hey, but they got a kiss. They I think did. I can say they sexy. did. That's and, right. Yeah. Yeah. With the lipstick mark and everything, mm-hmm. which I've never had even in my life. And this is what it sounded like. It did. I'm sure it sounded great. In the and then it looked like a great pair of lips on his cheek. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, in a pink, pink and red. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right. Like it's clear that the two older dudes are, are, are jealous and angry because they're not being noticed. And because it's like, what are these guys doing that we aren't doing? What's the, but they would be noticed if they, if they paid attention to the girls. Yeah. Definitely. But they're just not able or capable of do, giving it to them. So they're not getting what they want. Or yeah. Can. Even when they realize, Oh, we really like these girls and these guys are getting in the way. Um, they're still not focusing on the girls. They're still focusing on like the other ex- like experience. Like they could have just gone to the girls and been like, what's wrong? Like, wh- like why are you like this? Mm-hmm. They went to the, they went to Arnold and Gerald and just instantly started beating up on them. Mm-hmm. Like there was no, the communication line was cut already yeah. and they didn't try to repair it. They not they, very diplomatic. No, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, and I think that if they, we touched on this a little bit, the masculinity thing, um, if these two guys are what Arnold and Gerald are looking forward to, I mean, which is really what they're doing. Like, Oh, we get to be with all these cool people and we get to be with all these, um, like Arnold and Gerald confronting. What does it mean to be a happening dude? Mm-hmm. Are those two guys happening dudes? I don't think they ever think those guys are happening dudes. They don't even really think much about the guys. Mm, yeah. They're more focused on the girls because the girls are deceptively more mature yeah. Because they act sort of more mature and they're not acting as uh, aggressive and stupid as the boys. They're not realize, mean. They're not. But yeah. they're mean in their own way. They because are. They're using um, the two younger boys as like a way to get back at their boyfriends. And that's really screwed up. I, I think something that's happening here is there's a we can go, let's get back to masculinity for sure. We'll put it. We'll, we'll put that on the side and bring it up again. But something that I that this reminded me of is. So clearly there's like, you were mentioned like the cougar mentality and Gerald, you know, Gerald says they're older women. The viewer knows they're not that much older. Like they're still very immature. Mm-hmm. They still have issues. They still don't know what it means to be a mature adult. And that's clear because these girls are manipulating these boys mm-hmm. and uh, well, these girls are manipulating everybody. Yeah. And then the two boyfriends are just knuckleheads that are knocking each other out. Mm-hmm. So like they have, they put on this tone of like, we're like the girls put on this tone of we're alluring and we're mature, but the reality is they're manipulative and immature. The, and the boys are putting on this air of, Hey, we're adults. We take care of our girlfriends. But the reality is they don't. And they're um, like kind of jerks, right? They, well, they, they defend them like the way you defend property, which is like, that is my thing. And you're trying to take it from me. Yeah. Not yeah. like loving and nurturing it. Yeah. Or like actually showing it attention. It's yeah. And then we could, we could even talk about like the weird conversations of like, uh, not just masculinity and femininity, but also like the relationship between the two and, and considering like feminism and like 
the men's movement? What like how are the how is this story going pushing those stories backwards? Like I think these women have some by women I mean eleven year old sixth grade girls. They have this false sense of we um, we are in control. We're going to manipulate, which obviously is super unhealthy. But even if even if best case scenario, it shows that they have some means of like some kind of voice where they say we we have control. The reality is, I don't know if they do because they still are in love with those doofuses. They even mm-hmm. say, I don't know why, but we're still attracted to them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know why. It's weird. Which means that they don't have control either. They think they do, but they don't. Mm-hmm. And obviously these dudes are still like, they're not the kind of men that Arnold and Gerald probably want to grow up to be. And yet mm-hmm. that's what they are. They yeah. are, they treat their women like property. Mm-hmm. They are stupid and, and very aggressive and violent. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not painted in any kind of positive light at all. They're doofuses the whole time from the beginning to end. I was kind of stuck on a word you said or a phrase you said. What? What is a, what is the men's movement? And uh, is the men's movement all of history? That's true. But is that a thing? I, and I just I don't meant, know. If no, no. I just mean like, like if, what, if, what? if, if the last like 40 years, like we've been shifting what, um, the men's movement is a thing from like the nineties mm-hmm. where like men were trying to better understand like, what does it mean to be like an aggressive man, but also like being kind to people and like being, Oh, so it, it's like a reforming. It's like a reforming oh, okay, aspect okay, okay. of like what it means to be a man. It's, it's basically just like a post feminist reaction <laughs> where they're like, okay, like we like that, but how do we like stay men too? That's, that's yeah, all it is. It's yeah. not, it's kind of mostly an, it's not a negative Never thing. I've heard of it. It's mostly like a response. There's some good things about it. It's mostly not that good. Yeah. But it has the good element is like, what does it mean to be a man? Mm-hmm. That like, and that's a good question to ask. Well, um, it is a very good question to ask. Obviously, because like men go through their own problems. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I don't mean to like just drop that. Like, thank you for calling it out. That, like, no, no, what, I was just I was actually genuinely interested. No, no, it, no. It really was. It, it really it was a thing. It, okay, so I can even explain what it is. It's it's there. It's were, like the white men's movement. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> The last 500 years. Um, I think I just laughed into the microphone very loudly. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, it was like a, uh, they would like go. Oh, it's like the sort of people who would go out into the forest. I'm just going to like go go camping by myself and like become one with nature like man mm-hmm. should like or whatever that means. Like that's the sort of people that into the men's movement. I don't know anything about the men's movement, but I could see it also not as only being a reaction to a certain wave of feminism, but also to like what happened to masculinity during the 80s and exactly. how do we get ourselves back together? Exactly. Because exactly. the 80s is yeah. a horrible time. Yeah. yeah. Not horrible all the way through, but there was a lot of terrible crap that happened in the 80s. Like the dress and the media and music. It was bad. Yeah. Not all of it, but a lot of it. No, but that's, that's, it, it definitely was a 90s thing. And that, that's, it's not, the, the positive things about it are like, like looking at what it means to be a man again. And I don't think that's what this episode is doing at all. So the I end think, result of the men's movement was wearing more flannels. And yeah, not exactly. washing your hair. More beards. Yeah. Like going backpacking more. I was thinking like Nirvana. Like, oh, oh, you weren't talking about like grunge, the, grunge like post hipster <laughs> movement, like the, like a uh, lumber sexual or whatever it's called. <laughs> okay, we won't waste time on what that is, but I don't know what that is either, but yeah. I can put my, it's, can don't put worry it about it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Oh, where were we t- were we talking about? Welcome oh. to Harold Hay, I guess. <laughs> okay, so false stop or start. <laughs> so ob- obviously, these dudes don't know what it means either, right? That that Arnold and Gerald 
are aware that they don't know. And so they read this book called, uh, I wrote it down. Like a men's guide to being a hip dude. It was like, yeah, something like, like that. basically moves for hip dudes. Yeah. Teaches you how to dress, how to dance, how, how to, to like, talk to the ladies, how to pay for a taxi. Yeah. What sort of, uh, vocabulary and lingo is so they're beneficial. So they're aware of their shortcomings, but these other guys have no idea. They have no idea how goofy they are, how dumb and like selfish and the most, the, I mean, I guess this is a sweet moment and this is true here in old fashioned, but, um, one of the guys, they're apologizing for beating up on Arnold and Gerald. And one of them says, Oh, we're, you know, we're sorry. And then the other one says, yeah, we're sorry. We were just jealous. That's all like mm-hmm. so innocent. And that's what an 11 year old would actually say is they would like hide it for a second. And then all mm-hmm. of a second, like we're just jealous. That's it. Which is like embarrassing. But and- grown men have a hard time owning up to that. Yeah. Yeah. That's why the, the, the dynamic in this episode is interesting because although you can laugh at it and go, this is so stupid. These kids are so young. You realize that this is a similar dynamic that most adults go through. Most yeah. adults have problems like this. Yeah, and the response from his friend going, hey, come on, don't say that. And he's like, what? It's true. And so there's this, like, I think guys have a tough time. Well, maybe that, and maybe part of this is about guys in our society have a tough time saying what they feel. Um, Yeah, very true. And so maybe them fighting was just them acting out. There's something else going on deep down. Clearly there was because they was jealous is all, right? Yeah. There's something deeper going on that they're, having trouble saying also i think um in regards to this episode there was a scene where um arnold and gerald are in the girl's um house picking them up for the date for the dance yeah and you are introduced to the i think she's cuban maybe her dad yeah and he the way he speaks to her is just the way she speaks to her boyfriend and her boyfriend speaks to her yeah it's like hey come down the stairs where are you no and she he literally says uh hey marie get uh come over here like yeah, that, like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, if you heard the accent, like a Brooklyn, hey, come over here. Yeah. Which is the exact same thing that her boyfriend says to her. Yeah. Hey, Marie, come over here. Yeah. So then. But, so what we're going to I'm sorry, I interrupted. Oh, like, no, no, it's just that. But it's like, it, then you realize that she is just doing what she knows. And it's like repeating yeah. that same cycle. So she doesn't know why she's attracted to these guys because they're doofuses. But the real reason is because that's what she's comfortable with. Yeah. That is what she's yeah. used to. And maybe to some degree, that is how a lot of parents are in that area. So a lot of the kids are exactly the same yeah, way. That's right. So it's yeah. very slim pickings. And because Arnold has no parents and his grandparents are kind of badass in their own way. Yeah. Uh, one's like sweet and then one's like a bit rebellious. Yeah. Um, he has this sort of different dynamic um, that he's afforded because of who raised him. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, oh, it's so sad. Like the, the girls saying, we don't know. We don't know why we're still attracted to these guys, but we are. I know it's weird. Like all I could think of, as the viewer was, this is so sad that they aren't at all able to see, Oh, like I'm falling into the same habits of my parents. Yeah. That's sad. And it's what every kid goes through at some point is, you know, I don't, you know, if if you're in a relationship and you start like falling into, Oh, like I'm, I'm being my dad or I'm being my mom. Yeah. That's in the ways that I don't want to be instead of the ways that are like healthy and good you fall into those bad habits that you saw growing up. And that's, that's just a bummer that everyone goes through. I think. Yeah. That's why there are therapists. Never heard of them. Oh, me neither. Yeah. We don't need them. That's why we have this. This is so therapeutic. <laughs> How you feel? How'd your mother treat you? Fine. <laughs> okay, good. Me too. Um, so let's keep talking about this thing. Um, are we, well, wait, let's see. 
I wrote some other things. Yeah. I don't... I think... Oh, one thing I thought was actually huge, and this is at the very beginning of the episode, and I don't think we've already said this, but is that the last episode that we go through, it's uh, Helga is mm. sort of uh, having like a, a feminine awakening or like is expo- is like... F- for the first time explained and it exposes a sexual being to some degree very lightly. And then in this episode it's flipped and it's actually the boy's turn. So it's Arnold and Gerald where you never really hear them talking about girls too much. Like they do a little bit when, when Arnold talks about Ruth McDougal, but there's no talk much about like kissing and that sort of thing. Yeah. So yeah. in this episode, it's the first time that they're introduced as, uh, yeah. Like we're going on a sexuality. Date. Yeah. 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 And romantic and, yeah, because yeah. the whole desire of call, or the reason to call it a date and to worry about the kiss, it's like early steps in romance. Yeah. Early yeah. steps in sexuality and yeah. all those things. Yeah. And it's just an, an interesting, very innocent, sort yeah. of realistic. Um, well, maybe not nowadays. I don't know. When I was a kid, yeah, probably realistic. Yeah. No, it feels it feels realistic because they, they don't know what they're doing at all. And they don't have the internet. They don't have the internet at all. If they did, they'd Good be able for to them. dance a little better than stupid disco. That's exactly Jesus. what I was thinking about, too. This show's stupid. <laughs> okay, okay, we got to move on. We'll move on to the baseball, which um, I'll say is one of my favorite episodes of this whole show. Of every episode, this is one of my favorites. Because so it's just downhill from here? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't get better than this. This is it. <laughs> Four and a half more seasons yeah, left. Yeah. Um, no, I, I I, have like five or six favorite episodes. and I, But yeah, th- this is just one of them. I think it's a really beautiful it's a beautiful presentation of baseball, which is a really strange and unique sport. Um, but also it's, it's just so sincere and the production on it, it leads you down this like crazy goofy story. And then it does this crazy switch in the last four minutes, three minutes that I don't know for me personally, it, it stirs up some kind of emotion, sadness, but also Happiness. We talked about this, how it's, this is one of the drops that we kind of mentioned before we even like turned on the mics was, man, this is a bittersweet episode. Yeah. There's a lot of sweetness to it, but there's also that like sad, there's a loss there too. That's reminiscent of a lot of films that I remember from that time period too. Mm. Yeah. It's like very sweet. It's like a little sad. But not uh, sincere and not um, so sweet. It's syrupy. It's like, no, it's very pointed. Yeah, yeah. Not syrupy at all. Yeah. So the episode, very quickly, is uh, Arnold and uh, Arnold's playing baseball and pretends that he's his hero and hits a home run, mm-hmm. and then talks about his favorite baseball player, Mickey Kaline, to his mm-hmm. friends. And as he's talking about Mickey Kaline, he hears from some friends, some like adult friends, uh, that Mickey Kaline is retiring. And that is a bum. And Mickey Kaline's a bum. <laughs> That's my Ernie impression. Who's a short dude that lives with lives with Arnold's uh, family. Um, Anyway, so, th- yeah, they talk about how Mickey Kaelin has not been the same and that he's retiring. And Arnold's like, I got to, I got to, uh, I got to go to this game. Yeah, to see and him for so, the last time. To see him for the last time, one last game. Uh, and so him and Gerald kind of scrounge out some money. You know, <laughs> Grandpa kind of accidentally slips him a 50 and then mm-hmm. gives him a 20 instead. Mm-hmm. Um, they get like a bad, they get a bad seat because they scalped like a crappy ticket. The worst seat. The They're worst right seat. behind like a giant like um, pillar, co- pillar or column. Yeah. yeah, and so they can't see anything. So Arnold kind of like scurries down to the front and ends up catching this guy's last home run, which is awesome. Like Super sweet. dream moment. Um, 
and then goes home and like kind of like process the processes of the fact that his hero is done playing baseball. And he and sees that he this, has his baseball. He has his hero's baseball and he actually sees, um, an interview with Mickey, him, him saying, you know, baseball's my life. I'm going to really miss it. And so Arnold's processing, Oh man, who's my hero? What does this mean that he's done? Like, what can I do? And his grandpa kind of like, like sweetly nudges him. Like, I, I think you know what to do. I'll, I'll, I'll drive you where you need to go, which is a really cool, like really cool that his grandpa's willing to do that. That's so like, what a great relationship they have. It's like mm-hmm. beautiful. So he goes to the baseball stadium and Mickey Kalen is stand, you know, like, like, like a fallen soldier or like a, yeah. like the president walking out of office for the last time. Like he's looking at the stadium for one last time, holding his bag over his shoulder. It's like a perfect American baseball moment. Mm-hmm. And then Arnold gives him back his ball and they play catch and they talk and that's the end of the episode. There's no moral. There's no lesson. Like, yeah, the episode, I feel, I feel like it ends really abruptly and I didn't expect it to end in that moment because you kind of want more or you expect yeah, more, yeah. but it really is just matter of fact and like, well, that's just the portrayal of the situation and then it's yeah. done. Yeah. He's done playing baseball, but he's playing catch right now. Mm-hmm. Isn't that sweet? So yeah, what, so I, I already know why I love it so much. What, what do you, th- what do you think about the episode? What are the highs and lows? Where do you think it, where do you think it goes? I don't think there are, to me, it was, um, not a flat line, but cause that's like represents death. But th- to me, there's not a terrible amount of highs and not a lot of lows either. Hmm. So I think that there, it is just a great solid episode. And I think it reminds me of a lot of storytelling that was prominent at the time, but like in a really good, sweet way. And hmm. yeah, it reminded me of a lot of storylines I grew up with as a kid and just films and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I think there you can unpack like certain things from the episode. Like I think there's a element of like, what is, what is your relationship with your hero and what is it like to see your hero humanized? Yeah. And yeah, what's the public's view of, the, of, yeah. your, of your hero too? And that you realize that because they're humanized that they can't, like it's finite. They can't last forever. Yeah. So they may be great as a person or whatever, but their purpose in the public eye, like obviously ends at some point. So there, there's that. And then you also have this sort of, um, element of dealing with like the American dream, like and yep. that scene yep. at the very end. And then a random parts throughout the episode, at least in my mind where, uh, make Mickey Kaline. Yeah. yeah. Mickey Kaline, uh, and Arnold are th- tossing the ball back and forth. And he says, right before they start doing that, he says how he loves the, the sport of baseball ever since he started throwing baseball back and forth with his yeah. dad. And then when he like got into the minors or whatever, and then it becomes a pro. And then, so there's that whole thing where he saw this thing he loved as a kid and was able to have that manifest in throughout the rest of his life as a profession. And he yeah. was very good at it. The best at it actually. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. If that, and I, I got the same feeling that like that moment where he's talking about, you know, first moment I threw with my dad to the last, to this home run tonight. Yeah. I've loved baseball. I, I got the feeling that that's the American dream, but he glosses over it real quick. It's yeah. Like, well, point A to point B, of course. Yeah. And so that's just something to drop in there. Like totally. it's a quick, very quick scale from yeah. A to B. And then there's also the paternal thing with um with Arnold, where Arnold never had a father and his grandfather grandfather's also very old. So you think that 
Arnold never got to have that experience of throwing the baseball back and forth with his dad like Mickey Kaline did. And he would be right now because he's nine years old. Exactly. So, But mm. in that moment, he, instead of doing it with his father, he gets to do it with his hero. Wow. Yeah. And so they have that moment where that goes back and forth. And then there's another point in the show that's a little bit more abstract, but where it manifests as well is when um, the whole American dream idea does, at least in my mind. And it's when um, Arnold and Gerald are sitting behind the pillar and they can't see anything. And they're in basically the lowest of the low. And Arnold is fed up with the situation. And because he's so unhappy with the situation, he decides to kind of break the rules and make a leap of faith. And he runs down to another part of the, um, the field stadium. stadium yeah. yeah. And because of that, he is at the right place at the right time to receive the home run ball. Whereas if he would have had more money and had been in a nice seat, he would have been somewhere else in the stadium in a good seat and totally content and not sort of made that leap of faith. And I think it's the same idea of like coming from nothing and then like going, you know what I mean? With yeah, your own yeah, yeah. Um, sort of risk and hard work. You get to make it and you get the ultimate mm-hmm. thing in the end. Yeah, it's, I think it's a stretch, but I also see it because like what what Mickey Kellen's talking about, that quick escalation from uh, playing baseball with my dad, the next thing you know, I'm hitting my last home run in a game. There's a little bit of like Arnold starting from the bottom, right? Even yeah, he's exactly. Like, high, like one second he's behind a pillar, the next second he's catching Mickey Kalen's last home run. Like exactly. very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, see the, I see the parallel. Yeah. Um, and it is a bit of a stretch, but I think and I felt it a lot in that moment where at least yeah, where it's yeah. where it led me to seeing that there's like an idea. They're dealing with the idea of the American dream at some point. In this definitely, episode. definitely. Yeah. And the, oh, the other thing too is Arnold's, so he is seeking connection, but at the same time, like his sincerity and his compassion and empathy is so, so high that, you know, you, you, he has people, he has people offering like, I'll pay you 400 bucks for that. Like, and he's like, no, I'm keeping this forever. The thing that, that gets him to get rid of the ball is seeing what baseball meant to make a line. And so when he goes to visit him, he's like, Hey kid, you want to, you want to autograph? And Arnold says, no, actually I, like I want to give you the ball. This is your this is your home run ball, which is so sincere and beautiful and sweet, and maybe like too too empathetic. But if that hadn't happened, would they have played catch? Probably not. No? And it's almost like the same quality. We were talking about this before, like off, off mic. That it's the same quality that got them the attention of the girls and to like a favorable view or a favorable experience with the girls in the first episode. Yeah, is that sort of like being very very genuine being yourself and looking at things like for like in, an emotional and, and innocent way. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it's cool. Cause now he got to play catch with his, you know, favorite, um, with his hero basically, uh, which is like so beautiful. And there's something about when he's playing catch with that guy and the, the way the music kind of shifts, it brings me goosebumps every time. And I've seen that episode 10 or 20 times and, it still is like very meaningful to me. I mean, a lot of it's probably nostalgia, but they really have, they really have produced such a moment that you can't help. But I mean, it's, I bet people who watch it, I don't know if you felt this, but you don't have nostalgia for that episode, but there's a nostalgia for that model. So I actually have a question for you about that. I, and you cannot get mad at me about this. This episode, I found it to be a strong, good episode. I was sort of bored hmm. and I don't know, maybe f- like how you're saying there's some nalgia, n- nalgia, 
nostalgia. Nalgene, yeah, yep. <laughs> the water bottle. Um, there's some nostalgia that's in play with you in this episode. Do you think that has a lot to do with it? Because to me, it reminded me, to me, it seemed formulaic for the time. And I don't think that that's bad at, at all because I think yeah. it's sort of a formula that's not used a lot today. Yeah. So there was like a call, like a nice thing about it. But to me, it was such a soothing episode that when I watched it after work last night with a beer, I almost fell asleep. Yeah. And not because it is boring or bad, but because it's so just like it's comforting that, yeah. and formulaic that it like was the like a lullaby to put me to sleep almost, but like in a sweet, great way. It, I don't disagree with that. Like because of the way it's produced with the music and the sweetness and the like p- picturesque ending, I, I, if I wasn't taking notes, and I was tired, I probably would fall asleep, but not because I hated it, but because it, it just like is so it's soothing. It's yeah. so, I, I almost say that it made me almost made me fall asleep as a compliment. I no, I totally understand. Cause it's, it's, it's like the perfect story, right? It is. It's almost too good. Yeah. And I, I think and maybe they know that when they're doing it, which is why it ended like that, where it's like, it just ends in a sort of abrupt way and there's no real expl- explanation or obvious moral. It's kind of just like, wasn't that great? Yeah. And I think that's the difference. Like, okay. So other shows from that time you have like full house. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the other sappy shows from back then? Um, I, I think full house is the best example that every episode of full house ends so syrupy and sweet. And then it like gets even worse because there's a moral tied to it or like, um, like, an explanation or like, this is what will happen in the future kind of thing. And I, it's not very sincere to me. That show is never sincere. I know they tried to be, but it felt more canned. This didn't feel canned. It felt like they were taking, they were taking the feel good television experience of the nineties. And instead of, and instead of allowing that cannedness to come out, they, it's like they took away every, they kept the tropes that make you feel good, but took away the ones that are cheap and easy. But I wonder if you, if you were, I think I realized that this episode is also extremely quintessentially American. Mm-hmm. And if you are from, I don't know, Latin America or like Europe, if you would view this and go like, I don't feel anything. You know what I mean? Mm, because yeah. it's, to me, it's so American, like in, in, in every aspect Yeah, that it's almost like, the viewership of the show was probably like a more middle class, yeah, 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 affluent sort of probably white viewership at the sure, time sure. because you had to pay for the channel. And not saying anybody else didn't have the show or didn't watch the show, but um, yeah, I have my own stories about people I know who grew up with no means and never watched Nickelodeon. Um, I didn't find that out until like a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> and um, but I think that. So maybe for me, maybe that's where sort of the pleasant boredom came from yeah. was that it's like, yeah, this is so nice. It's almost like too patriotic. You know what I mean? But it's, it's like not emo- explicit though. Like I can't stand explicit patriotism. I can't do it. It's yeah. like, too much. This is only, it's only American or patriotic because A, it's baseball, yeah. which is like distinctly American. Um, and B, because... So maybe the baseball thing makes it hard for those who like don't care about baseball or who aren't baseball's the only sport I like, everybody. (laughs) Please don't I'm not I ain't no jock. Sports suck, except for baseball. But if you are a jock and you're listening, please keep keep listening. listening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh that's right. Did I just alienate everybody in America? (laughs) I'm the only person who doesn't like sports. Um okay, so I guess what I'm saying is the other reason that 
The other reason it's American is just because we can pull the American dream story out of it, which isn't necessarily patriotic. It's just a conversation about it. It's American, like not like in the way that a bumper sticker saying freedom isn't free is patriotic. It's like yeah. the way that a white picket fence is patriotic. Like it represents sure, like sure. this like all American it's a little success I- story. It's a little idyllic. Yeah. 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 yeah very yeah. idyllic. But not in a way that's gross. I just, I don't want it like. No, it's at no one's expense. Like no one's like losing out. Yeah. Yeah. This. It's just like, it's just kind of warms the heart. Yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah. What's the, what, like why? There's no harm done yeah. <laughs> in, this, in this at all. Yeah. I guess I haven't really thought about why I like the episode so much. Maybe you should have before we turn these mics on. Well, I thought I knew. And you're, <laughs> you're, you're asking some real questions, man. Hard-hitting questions. How much, do, no how much does zone. this therapy charge? I forgot. <laughs> $100 an hour. And that's how much we're charging you for this podcast. Yeah. And <laughs> good night, everybody. Okay. Well, anything else? Any other thoughts from, from this episode that you... No. Oh, I do have one other thought. Um, Make it good. There's something also about the nature of the hero... And what, what can you give back to the hero, which is a ridiculous statement because if a sports player is your hero, they make so much money. They don't need anything from you. No, that is a good point actually. But I like that. But like, I don't think we view, we, we don't view public figures that way anymore. I think back then we did, but when Kobe Bryant retires, I'll probably say about time. Like, cause they drive it into the ground. Yeah. They don't, but that's, so we as fans, like I'm not a baseball fan. I don't really have many heroes like that, but there's a few people I look up to that I think are great, but it's a very parasitic relationship where it's like you as the fan, all you do is want and want and want, and you're unable to give to them besides monetarily, Yeah, which is really strange and obviously creates an unhappiness on their end a lot of times because a lot of celebrity types have a lot of issues. Yeah. Um, But I think that we are so used to, People don't just retire gracefully anymore. It's like the Rolling Stones are still freaking touring and they're basically corpses on stage, like dancing around like chickens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And there's something to that where it sort of doesn't, it it doesn't, you don't leave at your your peak anymore. It's like you literally leave when you're dead in the ground because there's so much money to be had that it's just, that's what the relationship was this entire time. Yeah. So I think they realize as they get older, like we're just going to keep doing what we've been doing because it pays off. Yeah. Literally, like the money, it pays. It literally does, yeah. It has only to do with money, and probably that's what gives them joy. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously Mickey Kaline is fading a little bit, and that's part of the reason why there's some criticism towards him. But I think at that time, there's this, like, honoring of our heroes. Um, But what was, and maybe this is the moral of it, is if there is one to be pulled from this particular episode, which I thought maybe there wasn't, but maybe what it is is this, that we take and take from our heroes and by humanizing our heroes, we can figure out how we can give back to them. Um, and maybe from a macro, from a micro level, which would be like heroes, like celebrities and sports figures and public figures. Maybe that's a little bit unreasonable because they make money and they have a living and they are going to get, you know, they're going to have a life after their public life is done. But from a, macro level the people we look up to that we pull and pull from whether it's you know um public employees like policemen or teachers or whatever or more personal figures whether it's you know family members or mentors or people we look up to 
shifting that parasitic relationship to, yeah, we're going to take and take, but I want to give back in any way I can and like honor the person who has inspired me or yeah. come before me. And that's, that's a nice shift from this, like Kalen's a bum, but I'll pay $400 for his ball. Yeah, definitely. Which is that parasitic thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's actually fantastic. Yeah. It's a nice, nice little note to end on, I think. It is. And actually, that actually makes more sense because y- you would not be l- able to go meet a celebrity and be able to give back to them in no. any sort of way. But you can on a smaller scale like that where you can, you're dealing with teachers or parents or whatever. Yeah. Which is in this episode, a lot of it is really just him saying how much he cared about what he had yeah. done yeah. and then allowing him to like be heard. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. not necessarily like, oh, you need to give them this thing or do this thing for them. It's just like hearing them and having like a human experience. Having it, exactly, having a human experience. It, yeah, I love the idea of humanizing our heroes. I think that's great. And that's definitely something this episode did, for sure. It's good. Okay, well, we could probably keep talking forever, but no, that's not true. But but we want to keep, we want to not run this episode into the ground like Mickey Kaline did to his baseball. <laughs> and all of our other celebrities are going to yeah um thank you for listening uh next week i think the episode is called heat and snow and it's about a heat wave and a snowstorm which clearly the show is not uh we can relate to the heat wave but we can not the snow yeah um so yeah watch that episode and um check us out on hey arnold hey arnold hey.com again this is Corey vaughn and adam samaha thank you thank you